Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Edition of Inside the Firm. I'm your host, Alex Gore, and I'm here with a special guest, at least for me. It's Jordan Shipman. He is the owner of the jiu-jitsu gym that I go to in Longmont. So we're going to talk about jiu-jitsu and business and opening. Would you classify it as a franchise? Is that the... Well, um, one, thanks for having me. I'm stoked to be here. This is cool. Uh, so full disclosure, so I'm not actually the owner of Easton Longmont. Um, I'm the general manager. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think I would classify it as a franchise. Um, the way that Easton is set up, um, I guess from a, from a corporate structure perspective is, uh, there's the main owners, which is Amal Easton, you know, his name's on the door, uh, Elliot Marshall yep. and, uh, Mike Tusignant is also a partial owner in that specific school. And then there's, is Mike a, a trainer also? So or is Mike Tusignant is, uh, an Easton black belt and he's actually CEO oh. of, of Easton. Right. And then, mm -hmm. so I report directly to him. Yep. Um, but he's not at the academy, like very much at all. Gotcha. Um, so it's, it definitely is, they've set it up to where, um, you know, I'm invested in its success. So there's like, uh, you know, it feels like it's my baby, you know? Yeah. So I'm not like an owner, but I have ownership of it. You right. Know, a lot of autonomy. Right. And, and there are those technicalities, but I bet everyone at the gym just thinks that this is basically right. your gym. Absolutely. And, and, and that's, and that's the way it goes for like every Easton Academy is you've got your, your general manager and that's who everybody looks to is a, this is their school. Yeah. And we'll go back to that, but maybe just talk about, you started jujitsu early and then you, you had a break and you came back to it. Is that correct? Well, I started martial arts early as a kid. Yeah. And then it was Taekwondo. And then I had a long break um, where I, you know, just did lots of other things in life, but it was always in the back of my mind to come back to it. And then it was, you know, something I always wanted to get back into. And then it was like, I turned 30. Yep. And I was like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Time's a ticket. Yeah, I was like, I'm not getting any younger. So if you want to do this, you should, you should get back into it. What, what made you want to get back into it? Well, funny enough, it's, um, you know, when I was a kid, I always wanted, um, a, a couple of things when I was a kid, I always wanted a black belt and I actually stopped doing martial arts right before I got my black belt in Taekwondo. Like it was one belt away. Mm -hmm. Um, my parents got a divorce and we moved and just didn't get back into it. Life just changed a lot. Yeah. Um, so that was always in the back of my mind, but uh, as a kid, there were a lot of skills that I gained from martial arts that helped me in my life. Like, uh, this is a story I actually tell the kids class now, cause we're talking about focus this week. So I tell them this story about how, when I was a kid, um, I always had problems daydreaming. Like I couldn't focus or stay on task. You're looking at <laughs> one right now to this right, day. I still, still have that problem. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and even before I got back into jujitsu, I felt like I had that problem. But as a kid, I was always like put in the front of the class so the teacher could like call me out when they would see me daydreaming and not paying attention. I mean, they would give us an assignment. Everybody would go to work and I'd just be 
off in space for like 10, 15 minutes without realizing it. Yep. And I remember that I was always the last one done. I was always behind on everything. And, you know, almost started to think that I wasn't as smart as some of the other kids. But it was really just my ability to focus wasn't there. And through martial arts, through Taekwondo, like really having to focus, um, I gained that skill outside of the dojo. And I, within a year of doing martial arts, I started becoming like the first one to finish all my work. And uh, then I started to believe I was actually just as intelligent as anybody else because yeah. I was finishing my work first. And the teachers were no longer singling me out and putting me in the front of the room like it didn't matter where I was. Um, and so just kind of having that memory of how martial arts was able to improve my life outside of off the mats, it was something that I was craving at that time in my life because up until, you know, th through my later half of my 20s, I became quite sedentary mm -hmm. and I really started to struggle with, um, you know, depression and getting stressed and, you know, I had a couple of mental breakdowns, you know, mm -hmm. just resulted in me being locked in a room for like days at a time and just couldn't stop crying, couldn't do something as simple as like answer my emails and you know, I just didn't want that to happen anymore. Yeah. And so I turned to a couple of things, you know, I was kind of afraid to get back into martial arts. Um, I was kind of afraid to have that, that white belt mentality again. So I spent a year bodybuilding before I had the confidence to get back into, to martial arts. And, uh, I remember I did my first powerlifting meet. And after I did that, that was kind of like my marker of like, okay, well, what's next? And I talked to a friend of mine and I asked him, I was like, so what's like, I knew he was into martial arts and MMA and stuff like that. And I asked him, I was like, well, what's the most practical martial art for self-defense? And he said, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And I said, okay. So I looked up Brazilian jiu-jitsu and at the time I lived in Boulder and Easton Boulder was like 10 minutes down the street and I didn't have a car at the time. So I was like, all right, this is perfect. I can ride my bike there. And, uh, <laughs> the rest is history. Yeah. How old were you? When you did that change, when you started Taekwondo, what grade were you in about? Oh, I was probably, I want to say it was third or fourth grade. Okay. Somewhere oh, Somewhere around there. Yeah. It, it, it's funny that you say that because I, I feel like I had a similar thing, but I'll tell a middle school story. Mm -hmm. We had to do this packet for English class. Every day you got a new packet and you did it. One day I didn't finish the packet. I don't know why I just didn't, but every other day I did. And I turned it in and I was expecting like, Alex, what are you doing? Stay later or make sure you have, you know, take it home with you and get done by the next day. Nothing. Mm. So then the next day I'm like, hmm, let me test this. Daydreamed, didn't do anything. <laughs> didn't turn in my packet on time. Nothing. I, the rest of the semester, I maybe did like four packets where, you know, you're doing one a day and you talk about focus and it's interesting because on the daydream, like. Sometimes you can focus for multiple days on a similar daydream, mm. you know, so mm. you have that ability, um, but it's not applied to school. But when you take a martial art, that feedback loop of learning, and that's probably what the skill that gives a lot of people is. I mean, I, I don't know how many times I've been choked out recently, but it's, right. it's, it's plenty. <laughs> right. You can't lose focus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're forced to yep. be in the moment. Yep. And then also like the, the minor adjustments, like I'll know, you know, like, oh, I'm getting caught in this, but Hey, if I try it slightly different, will I not get caught? Yes or no? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, so 
I think that's interesting. And, and I'll, I'll tell a story. My first time in, in jujitsu, it, it was Jocko told me to it, to mm, do it. So he's right. like, you know, and I finally said, okay, I have enough cash. You know, I can, I can pay for this. Um, and I was 34 because this was de- de- December and I show up, uh, to, to, to Boulder and they say, Hey, have you done an intro class? And I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, we'll put you with one of the, the good guys. And we did hip tosses. Mm. And I got done with that. I, we did other things too, but all I remember is hip tosses. I go, I'm 34 and I never knew I could do this. This is magic. Like, how did I go this long without knowing how to throw someone over my body? Like, and it was just crazy to me that because when they were showing me, you know, they go, see, once I get you on, like they were using me on their back, like you can't do anything, you know, on the hip, like I can just toss you over. I'm like, yeah, that's amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that magic was awesome. And then I didn't realize how fun it would be. Like I, I thought it was going to be kind of like, kind of like the army, like it's a workout, it's not mm-hmm. that fun. But every time, like I couldn't wait to go back. I was doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday, like I had to get work stuff done. You know, you can see, um, and work has gotten kind of crazy, but it, it was so fun that every Friday I was like, I can't believe I'm missing class. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. and, and I didn't know that that was going to be a ramification. And then after a while, after they realized that like, you know, because I was in shape and I wasn't just a, you know, I was a I, white belt and still am a white belt, but I think it was my first stripe or that actually took a while, but the guys knew me and then they started to actually like go a little harder. Mm-hmm. And then I started feeling their strength and I go, Oh, and then I knew what they were doing. And you know, some of the guys I go, I know what's going to happen and there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> there's nothing in the world I can do about it. And I don't, and I took that to the realization, like, I don't think people realize that there's people walking down the street. You look like a normal guy. Anyone close to your size, like that isn't trained, like there's thing there would be nothing he could do. And they don't realize that. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's another like, oh, there's even more magic. Mm-hmm. There's even more magic. Um, and that's not even none of those points. I don't think were underlying your point of the focus, the dedication, the mm-hmm. feedback loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, but did you get that magic or is that just me? Yeah. Like, no, I think that's a very uh, normal part of the journey. Like that was, um, I, I think as you spend more time in martial arts and you spend specifically jujitsu, I think what it, what it means to you and what you get from it uh, evolves over time. But I did have that realization. I mean, like I said, I, I came into jujitsu, um, you know, a little bit bigger than I am now, but prior to to lifting all those weights, um, you know, I was about 20 pounds lighter Mm -hmm. and, you know, going into jujitsu, I wanted to feel like I was strong, you know, like that I could kick somebody's ass if I wanted to. Um, but very quickly, you know, I found people who were 20, 30, 40 pounds lighter than me could tie me up in knots against my will. And like you said, there was nothing I could do. And I had that same realization where, this guy who was smaller than me that I had seen at a coffee shop over and over again. I had no idea uh, that he was this badass jujitsu guy. And when I went to do my first class, he was my orientation instructor. And I was like, oh, no shit. I know you from <laughs> Vic's Coffee or whatever. Yeah. Like, I, you, you, you serve me coffee. It's like, you can kill me yeah. if you wanted to. I had no idea. I thought I was yeah. bigger than you. And I thought I could, like, handle myself. But um, absolutely. And then when I started, I thought I was just going to do it, like, 
two times a week or something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, no, it, I got bit by the bug immediately and I was going to as many classes as I possibly could. And, and when you first start, at least under the Easton system, you know, they keep you in fundamentals for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, at our academy, we did it a little bit differently because we were smaller. So we kind of were allowed a, people to accelerate their uh, immersion into training a little sooner rather than later because we can kind of make sure that everybody stays safe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Easton Boulder has so many students, they have to have um, a policy in place so they can make sure that they protect the community and protect people who are coming in for the first time. And, you know, you're, you're stuck in fundamentals. So I was like, finding every fundamentals class on the schedule that I could possibly go to. I was going to the 6 a.m. class and then I'd go to work and then I'd get off work and then I'd go to the 5.30 class and yeah. I would just do as many as I possibly could until you know I could start training and then I kind of switched it up. But uh, yeah, that magic is, it's real. It's there for everybody yeah. for sure. And, and, and I love seeing that, that spark happen. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of martial arts that are very, very... Um, useful and mm-hmm. kickboxing is probably boxing or kickboxing is probably the other one people are choosing between if you could do both obviously uh-huh. do both um, and the thing that I kind of realize now why other people like Jocko and Joe and whoever said it to you why do jiu-jitsu first is if if you can get past that first punch and grab them mm-hmm. then all of a sudden that magic that we talked about if you know what you're doing like Oh, there's nothing they can do now. Right. What are they going to do with their arms tied up mm-hmm. and then taken to the ground? There's, you know, and then you could still punch and be in position. Right. An elbow, you know. Right. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Because, a, well, a striking art really depends on being on your feet to be able to generate the power that is required for a knockout. Mm-hmm. And when you take somebody to the ground, you remove that power. You know, they don't have the ability to drive off their feet and get their hips into uh, a punch or a kick uh, that generates that knockout power. Um, You know, there's some ground and pound positions that you can generate a lot of power in, but um, there's a lot of articles out there. But yeah, that adage that, you know, 80% of the fights go to the ground and stay there. It's, it's true. It happens. Yeah. Um, I have a selfish question. Sure. You teach children, right? I do. I have it actually. So that's my, he's almost four. Awesome. He's super shy. Yeah. Do you get those kids where, because like he'll see me watching the UFC and he'll mm-hmm. go, dad, let's fake fight. You know, and he does all this <laughs> awesome. Stuff. And then, um, I was actually trying to show him something, uh, a, a chimera because he actually did it to the baby. Oh, really? <laughs> but just by himself, I was like, you can't do that. <laughs> the baby's going to cry. It was just the way they were tangled up, and he yeah. just started doing it. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, right. But um, he's super, super shy, and, and he will only like listen for in this area for a little bit, and then he'll want to do something else. Mm-hmm. Do you get those kids? How do you deal with them? Mm-hmm. When do you start them off? You know? Yeah, so we actually give them a shot at three and a half, like we let them try like our, our little tigers class and you know, uh, jujitsu at that age is very much disguised as play. You know, it, it's, they, they learn techniques, but it's through games and they don't realize they're, you know, they're learning jujitsu. Like, uh, there's a game we call crazy horse where it just means getting on the instructor's back and getting your seatbelt grip and getting your hooks in and trying to stay on that instructor's back as he like spins around and tries to throw you off. That's a game to them. But what they're learning is how to control the back is how to stay on. Um, 
And it just depends. How you know, we need to play like, that game. That'd be hilarious. Oh, it's a good one. I still do it with some of the kids, uh, especially like the ones who are who are more timid, right? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how you you can break through a little bit of that barrier is you disguise it as play, right? Because even yep. kids who are shy want to play. Um, but we just give it a shot, and if they can, you know, follow instructions and stay on the mat without running off and crying or something like that. Uh, you know, they, they can do the class and I've seen kids where they come to the first class and, you know, they can't look the instructor in the eye, you know, and we just tell the parents like, well, you know what, just bring them back, you know, just bring them back, uh, tomorrow and let's just give it another shot. And I've seen students come back, you know, three, four, five, six times before they can actually like look the instructor in the eye and take instructions and say, yes, sir, no, sir. And then, and start to do it. So, uh, you know, the way we deal with it is just, you know, through small steps, just let them kind of warm up and get to know the instructor. And, um, and that's usually what it is with the shy kids is they just need some rapport and they need to get to know you a little bit, you know, cause your kid isn't shy with you, right? Cause no, he, yeah. he loves dad. He knows dad. He's safe with dad. There's no reason to be scared or shy. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of like that process, getting to know them a little bit. And, uh, and then eventually through the class, through interacting with other kids and roughhousing with the other kids and doing jujitsu, like that confidence really starts to build because there's no reason to be afraid of, you know, this other kid or this other person. Cause I know I have what it takes. I can take what this person can dish out. Yeah. Uh, I saw in Vegas, I went, um, and just did a, did a class and the kids were before, you know, mm-hmm. so while I was waiting on, on the sidelines, it was probably like five to 12 year olds. Mm-hmm. And it was just so hilarious and yeah. fun to watch because they were, you know, sparring and, and doing some moves. And, and one kid, this one kid was like super lazy. Mm-hmm. So the other kid was doing stuff on him and then he'd go down and whisper something. And I don't oh, know if savage. it was trash talk That's or not, savage. but I feel like it was, it was, it was That's so awesome. funny. Yeah. Uh, some of the kids get really good at talking trash like early on. Cause they just, they're hanging out with the adults and you know, we like to talk trash on the mats and it's yeah. hilarious how quick they pick it up. It's yeah. pretty good. But yeah, you always have that full spectrum of kids. You have some that are, you know, the parents are putting them there because they need to work on their behavior and discipline and stuff like that. But they're not really like into jujitsu that much, you know, but sometimes they come around. I, I heard a story uh, about a student down in our centennial location and it was 10 years of being in their program down there before all of a sudden this student just flipped their mindset. Uh, they just went from not being very competitive or driven or into it. And then just over time, just completely switched. And now the student's like an assistant coach for some of the other kids' classes and is really connecting with the other kids and making a positive impact. And um, so it's just cool to see that how jujitsu can can work on everybody, even the, at the kids. Yep. Um, so in jujitsu, I'm going to ask you a question, and I mm-hmm. might frame it wrong. So no feel worries. free to reframe it but there's obviously techniques mm-hmm. um there's strategies mm-hmm. you know game plan and then there's you know philosophies almost or or just like you know thinking about having base thinking about leverage things mm-hmm. like that of those three are, are how do you parse out jujitsu? do you compartmentalize them they all blend together too but you know do you kind of have a philosophy that kind of spans from you know put your hand this way to mm-hmm. oh always, you know, that's also linking to leverage or stuff like that. Mm. I guess I'm mainly just asking, how do you think of jujitsu when you're trying to teach it and bring a class along? 
Mm, it's an interesting question. Um, well, I think I would start by saying that one jiu-jitsu is very vast. It's a very vast martial art. Like there's a there's a lot that goes into it. Um, you know, I I try to always impart as much conceptual thinking behind what I'm teaching uh, as I am capable of doing. Um, you know, to the extent of my knowledge, and I really try to. If I could sum it up in one way, I really try and help students understand how to connect the dots. And I see a parallel with life there, right? Um, so like the process of learning jujitsu, like you've got your four basic positions, right? And at the top of the hierarchy is the back. You're on someone's back. Uh, and the next is you have someone in mount. And then from there, you have someone in side control. And then underneath that is you have someone in your guard, right? And then if you keep going down the ladder, it's uh, you're in someone else's guard. You're underneath someone inside control. Someone has you in mount. Someone's on your back, mm -hmm. right? And so I would say conceptually, like jujitsu is about trying to ascend that hierarchy of positions, right? So if you're in a bad position, you're trying to change your position uh, to a better one, right? Moving up that ladder. Now, between those basic positions are an ever-increasing amount of techniques. Like jujitsu is very much a river that's constantly flowing and constantly changing and always evolving. And there's always uh, new layers and new techniques and new details and new artists that are just always adding to this canon. Like it's no one person can ever know it all. And because no one person can ever know it all, like it really is this process of um, going out and exploring seeking knowledge and then picking what you like, like picking what you favor, what works for you mm -hmm. and then learning how to connect the dots. And really I like to see techniques as bridges between those main positions, right? Like if I get a, a Kimura from side control, it's not just a submission that's available to me from side control, but it's also a bridge to get elsewhere, depending on what my training partner does. I can take the back off of it. Um, I can spin into other positions. And that is the process like of, of learning jujitsu, of building your game, right? Like you pick what works for you. You explore a lot of different techniques that allow you to progress up that hierarchy. And, and that ultimately becomes your game. And no, there's lots of similar styles and lots of similar games, but each person that practices jujitsu, they're going to have their own individual unique expression of the art, you know, based on who they are, their perspectives, their body type, their brain, their shape and size. And I feel like that's very much like life, right? Like I think it's uh, each of our personal responsibilities to say, you know, create a life work that we find fulfilling, right? To carve out a path in life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the process of carving out that path or a life's work or a purpose, whatever, whatever word you want to use to describe it, uh, really is about connecting the dots. It's about going out there and seeking knowledge and finding what works for you, whether it's, you know, through extracurricular activities in high school or, you know, what you study in college or what you choose to study, you know, um, 
while you're working, but you, you find all these different things and you start to connect the dots and you kind of come up with your own game for life. Yeah. And so I see for me, like the way I approach my life and, you know, especially with a lot of the reading I do where I try and read really widely and pick all these different things and it helps me uh, have this more accurate interpretation of reality and helps me become more skilled at uh, dealing with life and interpreting reality. Um, I see jujitsu very much the same way. You learn all these different techniques and you find ways to connect the dots, but you're also looking at things from all these different angles Mm -hmm. And you start to understand things more and more. Like you learn a Kimura from one position, you understand a little bit about Kimuras. You learn a Kimura from another position. Well, now you've just compounded your knowledge, right? You, you are more able to accurately interpret reality and uh, interpret what's going on in that situation. Yeah. Did any of that just make sense? No, it's perfect. <laughs> and and I, I want to go back to how that relates to life. Um, and, and not only do you know a Kimura or near, rear naked choke, but then you're growing in your execution of it. So when mm-hmm. Patricio would like demonstrate like back in the day, his choke was way better than whoever then I just trained with right. later. And it's just knowing your body movement, knowing just mm-hmm. everything about it. So... I, I really liked how you state, you know, there's four main positions and mm-hmm. then the transitions, um, lead to submissions or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the techniques working between those. I wish, and if you know, you should tell me, I okay. wish there was four main positions in life because a lot of people right. do the similar things. They take all these different books, they take all these different leaders, these lessons, these different people, and they combine them in, and that framework of jujitsu of those positions can, can kind of help you make a scaffolding of which you could build on. Mm-hmm. Do you have, and, um, and I don't mean to put you on the spot because no, I don't no have, worries. are there four main positions of, of, <laughs> of life where you scaffold on these other things? Right. Um, let's find it. Let's yeah, tell I the know, people. Right? I don't know. I mean, depending on who you ask, I think that, uh, those things change a little bit, but I think there's probably a commonality between them all. Um, I mean, I've read, read a lot of self-help, self-improvement books, and they're all, you know, describing their own variation of, of the same thing. Like, they're, they're mm-hmm. four main positions. And they usually, it seems like the authors or whoever will usually describe these things as uh, like a foundation, mm-hmm. right? And then out of that foundation, like you said, it's everything is, is built on top of that. Um, you know, I think that, For a lot of people, um, spirituality is like a main position or a main circle of life. Um, I think that community is important. I think your your physical health is important. Um, Financial health is important. Like you have to have your basic needs covered. Um, There's a lot of different expressions of it that I've, I've come across over the time. But I mean, for me, it's... It's making sure I have those basic needs covered, um, making sure that I'm, you know, I, I like to have some sort of spiritual practice. Like I'm not religious. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the interpretation of spirituality as, as finding stillness or being present in the present moment. Um, so I've been meditating a lot over the last year or so. Um, that's important to me. And just that ability to, to detach from life and kind of watch it like a movie 
rather being immersed in it, treat things like a simulation. Yeah. I find that that's really useful. Um, you know, and I have my own routines. Um, I try to read every morning, meditate every morning, journal every morning, uh, get my thoughts out. So, you know, four main positions, I'm not really sure. Right. <laughs> but I feel like everybody's got to find like their their foundation that's going to put them on an upward spiral. Yep. You know, and I feel like when your foundation is out of whack, that's when you end up on a downward spiral. Yeah. And, and I would say if you do find those for yourselves, so whether it's, you know, um, your family, community, your mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. Um, your business, um, and then, you know, a, 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 for, a spirituality. Right. The key that I found, one of our principles, we have nine principles, F9 Productions. Mm. Um, and one of them is uh, to reduce your feedback loop, right? Mm. Which is what jujitsu does because you know if you get armbarred in a second, you know, or all that. But in your life, it's different. You don't have that unless you think about it or apply it in, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So we'll do it a bunch of different ways in, in our business. But in life, kind of the things that you talked about, you know, journaling mm-hmm. might be one, you know, where you get to actually put down, read and reflect. Um, uh, you know, there's multiple ways to do it, but I, I think that's one of the keys of success of jujitsu and other martial arts that it's harder to do, do in life because you could take an idea from a book and apply mm-hmm. it to one of your four, whatever. But unless you have a feedback loop, that's obvious, yeah. you will not know whether it's leading you in the right direction or, or, or the wrong direction. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, that I'm really glad you said that. Um, light bulb in my mind. I think that's what I find most value about jujitsu these days is because I see it as a, as a vehicle for personal growth. And I'm finding that what brings you success in jujitsu also brings you success in life. And so, whereas in life, there are times where I might not have that immediate feedback loop, you know, to provide me, I can think about what is the parallel in jujitsu right? Where I do have the immediate feedback loop. And just through my own experiences, I've seen enough connections and parallels to where even if I don't necessarily have the immediate feedback and loop in life, um, I have confidence and trust that like, well, this is the way it works in jujitsu. So it must be the way it works in life as well. So I think that's really cool. That's actually been an idea I've been chewing up for a long time. Yeah. Awesome. Um, that kind of leads right into business. And one of the things I was impressed with, with Easton was they seem to have their stuff together. And it was actually, (laughs) it was actually surprising. Um, and, and I should have known this because when we started out our firm, we were, we were young and we would ask feedback. Why did you choose us? And they said, you were, you know, professional on time and you over delivered. And we said, Oh, isn't that normal? And they said, no, (laughs) you know, so Mm -hmm. if you deal with a lot of different areas, you realize that those aren't normal. And and I actually kind of want to talk about the, the systems mm-hmm. and how I found out about this was um, I was in, I, w- I don't know how it came about, but they said, oh, we, we can't promote you. And, mm-hmm. I, and it w- I think that it was two people talking. It wasn't anything negative. They go, mm-hmm. um, there's a block on your account. You don't have a picture. You know, like you didn't have a picture mm-hmm. in, in this one. I was going down to Boulder. Right. And then I, and I, oh, okay, sorry. I'll stay and take a picture, you know, whatever. And it made me think like, oh, they have a, they must have some sort of tracking system to show how much you come. They must have an alert. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you don't pay, mm-hmm. um, which, which I'm like, I think that that's awesome. You know, that's great. So 
Could you just talk because you went from just a uh, a student, yes, to then a, a GM. Right. Did those and another thing I noticed too? You asked if anyone wanted to become a coach or a teacher or something yeah. like that, mm-hmm. and then you said, "Oh, uh, let me know because we'll sign you up or put you in, you know, like some other program." Yeah. So there's there's layers to this Easton mm-hmm. onion. Yeah. Um, what are some of those unique or cool layers that you saw when you went from practitioner now to GM uh-huh. um, that you feel are useful and and basically to the general public too, because there's a lot of business owners uh-huh. listen to this. Um, and are my assumptions correct that there yeah. is this deeper system? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's, and it's an ongoing thing, you know, where, uh, I mean, Easton's come a long way from a mall Easton being the only person teaching out of a dance academy, Yep. <laughs> you know, with 30 students. And at one point he was sleeping in a closet and it's just been this ongoing process of, of figuring things out, you know, through, through trial and error, you know, paying attention to the feedback loops and just improving, just like martial arts. Um, so let's see, that question's pretty broad. I would say, I mean, I would say the number one thing that I've learned uh, working with Easton is, is the focus on the community. And then everything else is, is a byproduct of that, right? Like all of the systems are, are important, but at the core is, is relationships, right? It's the application of systems across relationships, focusing on the community. Like we don't build a system for money. You know, we build a system uh, to make sure that people have a good experience and then that we can pull them into the culture and we can pull them into the community. And we focus on caring about people and, you know, everything else is, is a byproduct of that. And if that one piece is missing, then all of the other systems are just gimmicks. You know, they're just ways to like funnel people in, try and get their money. Um, But, you know, that's not what it's about. But, yeah, we have systems across the board and, uh, you know, we have different departments. And, you know, at at our scale, at Easton Longmont scale, because it's a a very new academy, I'm wearing a lot of those hats. Mm -hmm. Um, But at a bigger scale, you know, eventually there's, you know, a department head for the striking side of things for the Muay Thai. And then there's a separate department head for the kids program. And then there's a separate department head for jujitsu. And then all of these uh, different departments have their own systems. And then the front desk has its own system. Like we call them uh, first impression specialists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a, that's a core component of what we do. Um, and so like your experience, you know, we you get so many people like the human brain is only capable of managing so many connections. Right. And so when you want to, when your focus is on community and you have to maintain those connections with people, like you need a system to be able to scale those connections. Right. And so, um, what you experienced was, you know, that was a piece of our, of our CRM, our client relationship management system. Right. Um, and the one we use is, is mind body. Um, Full disclosure, it's not my favorite, but it's it's the one that has all the features that we need for for tracking students' uh, progress through martial arts. Um, but you know, we try to get everybody's picture, and every time we communicate with a student or uh, a student has an experience of note in the academy, you know, we we set a contact log, you know, for everything, so that no matter what or who is coming 
behind another person in that system, they can see the story of a member's progress. You know, they know everything that they need to know uh, about that member's progress so they can interact with that person, you know, and make sure yep. that they, we don't lose that connection. Uh, for martial arts, tracking your visits, um, how long it's been since your last promotion, how many classes you've been to, um, you know, have you been taking a break for a while? Like we can see that. Um, cause that's really important, especially when moving from one rank to another. Um, yeah. Is there any specifics you want to hone in on? Well, maybe, but, um, you remind me of something that I was also impressed with uh-huh. and you, you just told me how the relationships in the community yes. are important. So then I know that you guys built a system off of that. And the system was after my first week, I got a text right. and it might've been for, I don't even remember who it was from. Mm-hmm. How's it going? How did you like your class? Right. Went great. Then it was like a month later. Yeah. You know, um, Hey, is everything working out? Yes. Having a great time, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I, I just thought that that was awesome because I think a lot of people are expecting, maybe this is like, Oh, I'm going into a gym, you know, I'm going to learn some stuff, but it's probably going to be a knucklehead. <laughs> right. Right. Um, uh, and, and that's just going to be it, you right. know, but, but it's not. So I, maybe it's just a, a kudos to the, to the Easton system. And it's the only one I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it's well done. It's ongoing of course, yeah. and it's evolving. Um, but well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I think most people are used to, you know, uh, we'll call it for lack of a better word, like the, your traditional gym model, like a planet fitness model or mm-hmm. something like that, where really what, how their model works is excuse me, they sell as many memberships as they can. And then they kind of depend on not everybody showing up at the same time and then kind of pricing their membership to where it's low enough to where they just kind of forget about it and like don't show up to the gym, but they don't really care about their money coming out of the account. We're the exact opposite. Like we want everybody that signs up with us in the academy. Right. And what we found is, um, you know, the biggest drop off point is, are those initial stages in jujitsu, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, not everybody's cut from the same piece of cloth. You know, I see some students come in and, uh, they're willing to be thrown into the fire right away and they, and they thrive on it. You know, they you throw them into the deep end of the pool and they just, they figure out how to swim and they, and they like it that way. Uh, well, sometimes you throw people into the deep end of the pool and they, they drown. Mm-hmm. And so you need a different process. And, and that's what that's about. So what you just referred to, um, it's what we call our two, four, six follow-up. And so anytime we sign up a new member is we set those contact logs Mm -hmm. and we set reminders to check in with those people. Um, and you know, and it's, it's authentic. Like we really do care about your journey. We really want to do, do want to know how it's going. Um, because we know what a positive impact jujitsu can have on a person's life. And we want to do everything we can to keep you there so we can make sure that we have the opportunity to share this martial art with you that can have a positive impact in, on your life. Um, and so, yeah, we, it's very systematic. Um, but there's a, there's a specific purpose there. It's, it's to keep you there as long as possible. And it's not about money. It's about sharing a positive impact. Yeah. And and if anyone's listening to this and thinking about doing it, and I can understand how how you might be nervous um, because it's a physical sport, right? right? Mm -hmm. But everyone that's now a purple, brown, or black belt, they didn't walk in the door like that. Right. We had to go through it. Right. So when you start out, your first training partners, you line up, 
the the uh, higher rank people circle back down to the lower rank people, and they remember what it was like when they didn't know anything and were just you know, so the the friendliness and the openness is is all there. Um, yeah. It, it so I think if you had that in your mind, you should you should you know get it away and if you, you realize you know you might say well i don't know anything you know i tried i would mm-hmm. do some online stuff before because mm-hmm. i don't want to be totally stupid right 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 <laughs> but still that's different like it it doesn't translate you you have to be in there you know mm-hmm. and if if you have a question you probably see me all the time daniel what did you just do to river show me <laughs> <You know? laughs> right yeah <laughs> and then yeah. he's like okay i did i took his legs absolutely out. you know um so it's, that's the way it works like i life people should see more people should see life that way, right? Mm. Like, I think that, you know, I don't think anybody in life got to where they were without standing on someone's shoulders, right? Like, even if you have the impression that you're completely self-made, there was already millions of people who lived before you that produced all this infrastructure and everything in your environment that you are a byproduct of, right? Um, And in martial arts, it's the same way. And I think that's why we put such a big emphasis on our lineage, like where we came from, um, because we never want to forget that, uh, you know, the people before us who paved the way. And, and that's really important in martial arts. And it's an important aspect of our culture that the senior students work with the junior students, because just like you said, those senior students had someone else helping them in the beginning to lift them up. And I see a lot of new students like come into the class for the first time and they're really worried about being a burden. You know, it's like, Oh, I don't know anything. Like I'm, I'm so bad at this. Like my partner's going to be so frustrated with me because you know, I stink at it. Right. Real Um, feeling. Right. Yeah. And you know, uh, I have seen some people like that and you know, I feel bad for anyone who has had that experience, but they get pushed out of our culture in particular very quick. Um, there was actually a student, if, if they, you, not the one that's feels like a burden, if someone's treating them like a burden. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Thank you for clarifying. I mean, there was actually, um, we had a visiting student who was a higher belt before we closed for COVID. Um, and I don't know if you met this guy, but there's actually a, a gentleman who trains at our Academy. He hasn't come back yet cause he's, he's at risk, but he's 75 years old. Mm-hmm. And he's doing jujitsu. And so whenever there's a senior student partnered with him, uh, it requires a lot of care and patience, you know, because that that man is sincerely doing his best. But he's 75. He's just not yep. going to pick it up as quick as a 20 year old. Yeah. Right. Um, and so we had this visiting student come check out our academy. And, uh, you know, he was a higher rank belt. And so the instructor of that class didn't realize he was a visitor. Shouldn't matter paired him with that older gentleman and uh he was a dick yeah (laughs) you know he was a jerk and like i saw it uh the other people in the class saw it and like within minutes i was just getting complaints about this guy and uh when it came time for him to sign up i just told him man i don't think you're going to be a good fit here yeah you know i was like the kind of culture that we're we're committed to building here is you know everybody can train with everybody and we lift each other up and we are committed to that And, you know, you seem to get really frustrated with the fact that you had to help someone. And I don't think this is going to work out. Yeah. You know, and there's there's a talk I like to give 
a lot in my classes because it's important to hear. And I say, you know, it takes takes three people to be the best you can be. You know, it takes someone who can teach you. Uh, it takes someone who can challenge you. And then you need someone that you can teach, right? Mm-hmm. And it's this constant circle. And I mean, I feel like this is how everybody progresses in life, you know, is by building and contributing and lifting somebody up. And then that person builds and contributes and lifts somebody up. And then it goes onward and upward. And that's very much present in martial arts. It does not work without that. And, you know, I see that as the highest calling uh, to way to live your life as well. Yep. I, I think that's one answer of the feedback loop in life that we're mm-hmm. talking about in, right. in business is someone can teach you from a book or someone that's higher up in, in business, someone that can can challenge you. It might be another owner at another gym somewhere mm-hmm. else. And then someone you can teach someone that you are shepherding to, to take over some of those, right. those roles once that's you expand. Point. Right. Exactly. Um, that's a great feedback loop right there. If you, cement that is as part of your system mm-hmm. and i i think i might um yeah i think in some ways it happens naturally but it always works better if if, if you have a system to it yeah absolutely yeah. and i think uh we'll end on that note but i'll let you have oh, the wow. last word if was that it that was it that it was, was so fast yeah yeah 45 minutes oh wow Goodness. Uh, <laughs> i was like five minutes <laughs> awesome dude we keep going so if you want to say anything else to leave them with or if you want to um let them if they're in the Colorado area, how to get a hold of Easton or, or what to do there. You know, you can wrap it up. Sure, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, if anybody's in the area, uh, we would be honored to have you uh, visit our academy. Anyone who walks through our doors um, is a gift in my mind, at least at first. <laughs> Most of them work out. <laughs> then Most we'll see. Work out. Those are those are rare exceptions, but uh, we'd be honored to have you. Um, we have eight different academies throughout Colorado. So just depending on where you're at, there's, there's typically an Easton somewhere, or maybe even one of our affiliates or sister schools. Um, the one that you train at is Easton Longmont. And, uh, if you want to check us out, you can go to EastonBJJ.com, and all of the information is on our website. Perfect. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you.